guys. What? What's up? Guys. Yeah. Hey, hey, did you hear the news? What news? Maybe. The I... news. Did you guys hear the news? Um, that special guest that's going to be... No, no, the... no. Shh. Don't that... jinx it. Don't jinx it. That we're fucked no matter who wins the election? Uh, true. But no, no, no. Guys, guess what? What? Chicken butt. Ah, the best news ever. Tuning Japanese is now part of a podcast media network. So does that mean we're now under the control of a corporation and we have to do exactly what they say? And then we're going to have to start doing DraftKings commercials in the middle of our content? <laughs> uh, probably not, because this is a awesome, amazing, great media network of shows. I want to tell you all about it real quick. Fans, if you want to check it out, check out Questionable Endeavor at questandnetwork.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Quest End Network, and on Twitter at Quest End Network. Andrew, what other podcasts are on this fine network we I'm are a part of? I'm so glad you asked. There's a Shadow Vane podcast, if you're familiar with that, at ShadowVane.net, also now in the new home on Questionable Endeavor. I starred in that. You... <laughs> You're featured in that. I don't know if starred is the right word. Yeah, um, I have more of a starring role than you. But I said fuck twice. How many hey, times did hey, you say fuck? Hey, you both died. Yeah. How many times did you say fuck? I had a better death scene. Anyway, also on the network is the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. I've been on that. A, I, so have I. Bill, have you been on the Rundown? No, we tried once and it, it all oh, came out. Yeah. That's right. That's right. When you had the shitty mic. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, but we, I think we're leaving that to. Oh, no. Uh, to... I was, uh, featured on there as Chuck Jizzatter. <laughs> uh, also on the network, we've got the Raw Attitude Podcast, which, Bill, you're much better at the, the host name than I am. I well, always fuck it up. That's because I am a big peckerhead. You are. Big fan. Henry Huge Pecks, the suplex throwing human duplex. Yes. Wow. Indeed. And finally, uh, the Geek and Gamer Guild, starring our good friend Troy. All right. Yeah. So, once again. And where's he from? He's also... Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we are definitely not completely all over the United States, more or less the Midwest and the West and the East Coast. Yeah. But... You should check out the network. It'll be fantastic. Uh, we've got... We'll have articles. So if you want to submit any articles with regards to wrestling, anime, geek culture, please send us an email at questandnetwork at gmail.com or even send an, uh, an email to our regular uh, email here at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. We'd be happy to have your guys' writing featured on uh, our website. Andrew, are there any other social media outlets on this network? I'm so glad that you asked. We've actually got I, two other things to talk about. That question was off the top of my head. Are, are we on LinkedIn? No, we, we are not. We are not on LinkedIn. Um, not yet. Not yet, at least. But we are. Uh, not only can you find us on Facebook, not only can you find us on Twitter, we're also hosting streams. Uh, <gasps> streams? Streams, yeah. Either Are we going to cross the streams? We, oh, God, I hope not. Uh, so We will destroy the universe. So if you're a video game streamer on Twitch or YouTube and you want to be involved... On what? <laughs> That's what happens when they cross the streams. Okay, oh, Lord. Uh, so, yeah, let <laughs> us know. Uh, also, you can check out our forum, and the link is also on the website. Get, in, get involved. Join the forum. It's free. Uh, right. Have a chance to talk with us, the hosts, and other fans. Definitely an experience that everyone should get into. Questionable endeavor. Where's the beefcase? <laughs> God damn, Bill. Whose idea was beefcase anyway? It was such a dumb name. 
Just go home. I ain't got the time to play games with wannabe cops. Very well, if that's what you want, we'll gladly... Please don't say things like that, detective, sir. I've been a big fan of detectives and cop shows my entire life. Going east and west in pursuit of a case. Can't you see me infiltrating hideouts and setting off explosives everywhere? The rough, tough, private dick. I'm saving the world. Is it over now? Thanks to bold scientists like you who betrayed your organization because of your love for me, Misaki. You saved the world again. Yes, although there were some sacrifices. Love and peace. Stop trying to kill me off! What Nabi? You're still alive! Hey, look out! Ah! What's a Nabi? That's a smoking gun. Eh, don't worry about it. The credits will roll through. His brain's checked out again. <laughs> <laughs> stories in the city. Well, it's the Quad Cities. So there's four million stories. But Bentendorf. So there's five million. If you count the surrounding area, there are six and a half million stories astride what we call the Big Weddy. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Bill. Hi. Um... Why are you dressed like a 1920s noir detective? You kind of look like Nick Valentine. Right? I, uh... That's really awesome. Andrew? Andrew, yeah. walk with yeah. me for a second. Yeah. What's up? What? What's going on? Dude. Yeah. He's, he's, he's lighting a cigar. I, I know. Um, I don't think we should have let him binge watch the rest of the series before Hulu pulled it. Why? He looks kind of cool. <laughs> I think we should make him binge watch all kinds of anime and see what happens next. Oh, childlike glee in his eyes. No, Andrew, he's starting to reach for a gun. I think. I, no, I think that's just his whiskey. No, no. Detectives drink vodka martini. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, detectives. Um, exactly. Yeah. Are Are you ready, Bill? Hold on. Sure. Okay. You Polukas. Welcome to Tooting Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 30s talk about anime. First up, he reduces cavities and is cute and stylish. It's Andrew. <laughs> I am so adorable and kawaii. Whoa. <laughs> Sagoy. Also. Sagoy Weaver. <laughs> also with us as always, he's the kid brother of a murderer, Josh. Yeah, well... The uh, annual visit to the prison was, um, that wasn't very, very fun. Was it, was it a conjugal no, visit? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help myself. Yeah, sleep. <laughs> Gay incest, even. Leave it, leave it to, to Andrew. Don't be like, homophobic. I'm not being homophobic. It's my older brother. I well, you know what? you're the one that fucked him. <laughs> I'm not homophobic. I'll fuck my older old brother anytime I want. Uh, who are you, Bill? And I'm a snot-nosed young... Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. No, 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 we can't. Mm -mm, is that not okay? No. No, no we've, we've no. allowed some really bad stuff. I think that's going a step too far. She said it like twice. Yeah. True. True. Seriously? No, 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 no. There's a reason why the show never broadcast in the States. 
Because it was awful. Oh, thanks. Uh, So, (laughs) here we are, folks. Excel Saga Episode 12, Big City, Part Part 2. Part 2, yes. Part 2. Before we get there, though, let's talk about our typical rambling, our nerd news, I think I'm going to start calling it, because anime news is is usually pretty pretty light on anime news. So, uh, what's the nerd news this week? Who wants to start? Uh, well, I guess we'll start with actually some anime news and some sad news, actually. This uh broke earlier this week, and so it's already been known once this airs, but... so like two weeks ago. But we'll still uh send our condolences to the family of Makiko Futaki, who uh, passed away on May 13th. Uh, she was 58 years old. Makiko Futaki is known as an animation director... For a lot of Studio Ghibli's most well-known titles, My Neighbor Totoro, Spirited Way, Princess Mononoke, just to speak of a few. And I think it's a it's a huge blow to not only Studio Ghibli, but to the anime community at large. Her work is very beautiful, created some of the most awe-inspiring works that even Bill, who's granted not a huge anime fan, I think would agree is some of the best work of the medium. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah, some it's upsetting news, unfortunately. And you know, means... I mean, it's, it's always hard when someone with a lot of genius, you know, leaves the world. Especially so young. I mean, she was 58 years old. That's not... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Moment of uh, silence and respect for the late Makiko Futaki. All right. Bill, you want to go or you would like me to go? What do you think? You can go. Okay. We talked about last week the sad news that... More sad news. Not quite as sad as that. We talked about the sad news of Excel Saga no longer being aired on Hulu. Yes, you can still find it on the Funimation app. Yes, you can find the DVDs. And I've got for you guys a reason why all of you fans should go and find the DVDs, whether it's on Amazon, whether it's on eBay, however you want to find it. I found, when I was watching the episode instead of on Hulu, on my old DVDs that I got back in the day, a hidden track. A hidden track? Yes, a hidden subtitle track. And this subtitle track pairs alongside of the English subtitles for the sub, but it is a... Do you guys remember a pop-up video? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. (laughs) On the DVD, there's a hidden subtitle track, and it brings pop-up menchies that tell us more about moments from the episode. So... I have all kinds of research done thanks to the DVDs. And I want to prove a point. In the last episode, I found a few interesting notes that we were confused about that... It explains. So in our last episode, Butt Out Youth, for example, the ruffian who we were talking about, there was that scene where he said something about uh, a hairpin right on my hog, and I thought it was like her sitting on his dick. <laughs> right. No, that is not correct. Uh, hairpin service, uh, which is the actual line on his hog, is actually referencing wanting to ride a motorcycle, take the two girls on a motorcycle ride, and that's used to describe like really sharp turns. That makes sense. Hair, hairpin turn. Yeah. So that that yeah. was that was okay. that was what it was referencing. And, and so, hog, yes, a yeah. hog before in reference to motorcycles. So yeah, no. okay. Another thing from last episode that I found really really interesting. Remember the scene where Hyatt is presenting the glass of tomato juice, and they all all of a sudden just like yeah. fall in love with the right. girls and like right. follow them. Uh-huh. Apparently, that is a common trope where something totally unexpected happens that causes a change of heart in the characters who are either downtrodden or are defiant in some way. That's a really common trope. Maybe not tomato juice. Maybe they're using it as a way to just make fun of that trope. Like, here's a glass of tomato juice. That's Especially what all it that's takes. Like her thing. That is her thing. I still would not drink 
any tomato juice Hyatt gave me. Yeah, it wouldn't at all either. No, especially after we see what happens with, with Brett. <laughs> yeah. Yes. With, <laughs> Later with, this episode. With, yeah. And even back with Watanabe. Yes, that's uh, what I'm getting at. Right. So, also, the plushie on Bean Boy's hair is Yuka Kikushima from the anime or the manga Geobreeders. Okay. Which apparently Sounds ran... Dirty. It does sound really terribly <laughs> dirty. Which ran in the manga magazine, which was mentioned in when Hexel was holding up that manga. Manga. Mongo. <laughs> Damn it. To, to use for toilet paper, right? That whole scene. Right. Apparently that is a monthly manga mag manga manga magazine that, <laughs> that that excel runs in once a month and this anime also runs in that so the other plushie that aesop is holding is another character from that anime or that manga also last one just because this is the last interesting one there were other facts but these are the really interesting ones okay remember the weird picasso man yes sports yes. commentator yes. yes apparently that's a reference to a new year's day game in Japan that is similar to pin the tail on the donkey. They give you a face and they give you like parts to put on the face and you like just place them right in the places. And that's what that's what that's a reference to. Huh. So there we go. Still extremely random and out of place. So oh still, yeah, absolutely. So I still think oh. the commentary that I that I feel about that whole episode still stands. Oh, right. Somebody's butthurt. <laughs> I think no. you might I think you might be a little <laughs> no. Oh, oh no, there's a hidden commentary track that does my job. <laughs> But I didn't really do anyway. Hey, Josh, I was meaning to I tell you, we, uh, we don't, we were gonna actually make this a two-man show. Two guys in their thirties talking about it. Why do you want to get rid of Bill? No. I mean, he's, he's perfect. I didn't think we were gonna make it two-man. That's why BJ's here. Oh. He's is he still here? He's upstairs. Oh. So when are we burying the body? I, what? <laughs> so episode 13, which is gonna be next week, which by the way, we have something very special planned for episode 13. One of the <laughs> hidden commentary tracks, my favorite. Or, <laughs> My favorite place is John. No, well, yeah, but <laughs> my my favorite hidden commentary track on that. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Yeah, no problem. I, I thought he was gonna kill me. There's a lot of blood there. He's the younger brother of a murderer. <laughs> it's true. So, uh, whew, we got an Excel Saga episode, don't we? We do. Oh, we got we a do. problem, don't we? Oh crap! He... Get in here, you son of a! Hi. You can't cut me from the show. Uh, I have a very vital function. Hey, let me give you a napkin. You've got a little blood on your face. Yeah, wait until you see what happens when it evaporates, bitch. Oh, God! I have a very vital function here. I still wrote up the review. <sighs> and we still have a few more episodes for the entire season that we've already divided up. Ah, oh, that's true. Yeah, replace me, bitch. <sighs> All right, fine. Have a seat. And wait until the next school year starts, buddy. You're going to need my researching skills then. You won't have all your free time. That's true. Oh, all right, fine. And hey, we'll be, and we'll have a different anime. That's true. Speaking of reviews, let's let's jump in, shall we? We are on, like I said, Excel Saga episode number twelve. We're almost at the halfway point. Big City Part Two. Josh, take her away. All right. Well, we open with Nabashin, and actually, the only real Nabashin scene we get this entire episode being chased by Koshi Rikdo. Yes. Paying homage to the Lupin the Third movie, Castle of Cagliostro. Cagliostro. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> See, you still need me. I do. But anyway, Nabashin asks old man Richter why he's chasing him. Koshi goes ahead and gives permission to turn the Excel Saga into a detective anime. Yeah! At like, which point, Nabashin grabs two rings, a gold and a silver one, one with Excel and one with Hyatt, realizes that if he puts them together, the clues would reveal, and 
Koshi starts screaming at him that that's not what he meant. Right. Now, quick segue. I'm wondering if that's an inside joke. Because you've got the original creator, uh-huh. and you've got the anime director, uh-huh. and the cr- anime director is doing something that the original creator did not even specify to do. Right. Oh, probably. I would imagine. There are actually moments in this where we start to see a lot of interesting, like, diverging changes and references to the manga, manga, mungo, where, you know, we see a difference of opinion and like, oh, we're going to do this differently. So, yeah, I, that, that might actually be. Opening theme happens. <laughs> theme! Theme song! Theme <laughs> After that, we cut to Kabapu monologuing about how the seasons have changed and now it's time to get his new young warriors prepared because they must protect the city. There is a shadowy threat that he knows is going to be there and that people must be protected. I love his line at the beginning when he just says, so the season has abruptly become winter. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, yep, that happens all the time in TV shows, uh, animes, whatever, where the season fits because they need a Christmas episode. Yeah. And I, I just love how Kabapu monologues about the maybe threat that's in the city. So Kabapu decides to have the three neighbors and Matsuya go on a learning expedition, a field trip, as it were, to the professional police department. And they're so torn about it. They like, are. Uh, Matsuya is like, no, I'm perfectly fine. This This job actually suits our pay. I'm good with that. Let me just do paperwork. Yeah. And the three neighbors are like, oh, this is boring as hell. Sumiyoshi looked like he was all right. Yeah, well, as, we'll, as we'll see throughout the episode, Sumiyoshi does not look pleased at all. He kind of looks like Bill in this episode, where he's just like, yep, here I am. Text floating I'm above here. my head. Having none of this shit. <laughs> uh, I can make text float above my head. Holy shit, how do you do that? It's above his hat and everything. Jesus, that's amazing. It's so pretty. So, we cut to across it's headquarters. A- wait, wait. Can you read kanji? No. I was more of a katakana guy. Do you have, do you have, do you have subtitles? No. Hang on, let me grab his nipple here. <laughs> oh! Holy shit, that's some bad... Prof- no, you can't say that on this show! Dude, seriously, even in text, that's a bad idea. Anywho... So we cut to across headquarters, where we see Excel happily singing jingle bells and banging a tambourine and just being, well... Excel. Exactly. No. She's being great. She lo- I love it. She's just screaming, jingle bells. She's having a great right. time. Lord Il Palazzo asks... It's the season where she gets presents, she says. Right. Lord Il Palazzo is angry, though, because she is obviously wrapped up in cheer over the holiday, which is just a horrible, horrible thing. Do you know why? All right. Chicken fried chicken. No. Because or- in Japan, they have chicken fried chicken for Christmas. And I think it's a good system, and I think we should implement it. I think you're lying. I think I'm not. Dude, <laughs> dude, what about Popeye's? No, it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. Huh. In Japan. Is that really a thing? That's really a thing. That's very odd. Look it up. Wow. I will look it up later. Um, but Josh, do you know why, aside from the Kentucky Fried Chicken? Just not the East Moline Kentucky Fried Chicken, because those fuckers are idiots. Wow, putting them on blast! No need for Yelp, folks. Bill's got all the reviews of all the restaurants in our home area. Bill's more like a gripe instead of a Yelp. Yarp. <laughs> yarp. He's more like a Yarp. Do you know why he is so against the Christmas season? Gee... I don't know. Why don't you tell me, mister, I'm going to take over your job in doing research? <laughs> don't mind if I do. Does so, he make Jesus? Yes. Uh, in the, in the manga, so. manga, manga version, there was a long scene where this part of this episode took place, and Il Palazzo went on a huge tirade against Christianity. Ooh. I was trying <gasps> to be offensive. <laughs> no, you were right. Oh, uh, wow. Here's my question. Bill's Does that it. make him Jewish? Not necessarily. He could be a Satanist. No, I guess he wouldn't be, because he's basically a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Well. He's like a space yeah. Nazi. Yeah. 
Maybe ooh, he's a, ooh, ooh, he's an atheist. And like all atheists, anything an atheist. Christian, they have to hate with a fiery passion. Not really, not necessarily, just the douchebag ones. So, Il Palazzo begins to discuss the new uh, plan, n- marked number 333. Three. Oh, shit, three. 333 is the uh, number they use in Unknown Armies. Is it? Yeah, hmm. when there's 333 uh, archetypes that have ascended. Huh. But anyway, so... You're a they, fountain of knowledge today. Right. You really are. But Il Palazzo decides that he's going to send Excel into the pit for no apparent reason, where she meets an alligator. They come she back, does. they banter some more, and El Palazzo decides to give Excel a present. To which he drops her back into the pit, saying that she can turn it into anything she wants. A handbag, a pair of shoes, and he left her a tool. <laughs> to which Excel screams, ooh, a knife! So we cut back to our... Three neighbors and Matsuya. They're at the police station where Iwata introduces himself, Matsuya, and tends to gloss over Sumiyoshi and Watanabe. To which, of course, Watanabe's kind of pissed about that, and Sumiyoshi just doesn't give a fuck. They're we get a love and peace moment! They're met with a hard-nosed detective doesn't want anything to deal with these wannabe cops. Tons of tropes. Iwata breaks into a monologue about how he's always wanted to be a great detective. Well, he breaks into a fantasy where he's solving a mass- massive case. He's winning Matsuya's love and Watanabe died. But he didn't actually die, he actually got up, and was complaining about why he got killed off, and gets get shot, just like Andrew got shot every time in my fantasies. Oh, Of what? What did I do that I deserved to be shot? What are you fantasizing about that Andrew's in it? He oh. knows what he did. Oh. I, I, I don't know if I want to know. And even in, and I love that even in this fantasy... Awada is holding the gun that shoots Watanabe. Oh, yeah. And he's complaining about it. He's like, oh, don't worry. The credits are coming here soon. Yeah, yeah. He calls it the smoking gun. It's another one of those detective tropes, right? Right. Where the cop's friend or partner or whatever gets shot. It's a common trope. I'm still troubled by what he's imagining that has you dying and that he takes over. Probably the podcast. (laughs) He, He wants to usurp me off of my high throne or something. I want to be the creepy voice. No, that would be a different type of creepy. Like Otaku was. Welcome to the Shadowing Podcast. Take off your pants, kids. That's like more one of those Otaku's with like. Get in the bus. With the sex pillows. (laughs) The the Jared voice. (laughs) It has. Free puppies. (laughs) Speaking of puppies, segue. There in the scene where he comes back from his monologue, he does have a puppy. face, He has a puppy face, and in the sub version, he actually kind of is making dog noises. And the reason is there's actually a famous. I think it's, I don't know if, I can't remember if it's a, uh, an anime or a manga or what it is, but it's about a detective story involving a dog. McGruff and the McGru- Crime Dog. <laughs> no, not McGruff the Crime McGruff Dog. McGruff the Crime Dog. No, it's a, yeah. it's a Japanese thing. And, uh, it's, it's a common thing that gets used throughout this episode because in just a little bit, when she says, you know, she, he basically comes up and begs to the detective and he says, I'm very friendly and he gets, uh, she calls him good boy and gives him five points. Fair enough, that. fair enough. Speaking of our hard-nosed detective, yeah, she stands up, yeah. removes her hat, and starts speaking in a very sweet and kindly voice. Yeah. We find out that her name is Purin. She's a dame. She's a dame, yes. <laughs> Named Whoa. Purin, voiced by Christine Otten. Also, he falls in love with her. You know that Pur- uh, Purin or whatever her name is actually a pun? It means pudding. No shit. It does. Jesus Christ, you're just going to keep popping in here, aren't you? Uh-huh, like a pop-up video. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I- I'm starting to see a trend, guys. Uh-huh. Cute female character shows up in Iwata's area, and he begins to fall in love with them. Maybe it's a ploy to get Matsuya to feel jealous. <laughs> they're, all, they're all up in his area. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not a good plan. Uh, 
But it could be a plan. Well, anyways, Perrin informs that detectives need to have two things. First off is money, Mm -hmm. and Iwata pops in proclaiming also resources. Which is a nice callback to an earlier Excel episode. And a cool nickname. And a cool nickname. So Perrin decides she wants everyone to show off their detective skills. Mm -hmm. First, we've got Watanabe busting in, talking about something Mm detective-like. Then we've got Iwata busting in, saying that the body is not where it was, it it was somewhere else. And his nickname is Ganchan. Ganchan. Gan and Iwa. Well, for Awada, the symbols for each of those are so similar, so that's the kind of the, the visual joke there. Oh, it's a visual joke. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Then she gets to see Sumiyoshi's, who I think is the best bit of all, because he's just silently walking down the street with some really cool jazzy uh, intro music. Which actually is a scene from a Japanese detective story. And then we finally get Matsuya, who explains that she's got all the evidence that she needs and she's ready to book them. Yeah, and uh, this is where we get the line about how the detective says that she reduces cavities as, as uh, stylish. Right. Although, although, if you pay close attention, she says Xylish, X-Y-L-I-S-H, which is actually a reference to a brand of gum with a chemical called xylitol, which is a one of those, like, sugar substitutes. And the idea of the... the now you know how we feel when you say things. Um, so... <laughs> but the idea is that she, they, the gum is supposed to not cause as many cavities because it doesn't have real sugar in it. That's why it reduces cavities. That's the joke. You done talking? <laughs> the irony. Go ahead, sir. So what is going on about how easy the job is, how great it is to be a detective? It's easy. It's simple. However, Watanabe's a bit pissed off. He admonishes Awada, saying that it's actually hard work. So we cut over to Excel and Hyatt... They're at the mall! They're doing their part-time job. Yeah, they're selling cakes, apparently. And Excel's also holding up the, uh... Alligator skin? skin? Yeah, her arms Turned it into some sort of hoodie, maybe? I don't know, but she's talking about how skinning alligators is really tough. Bill, have you ever skinned an alligator? Not in this state. (laughs) How how easy is it? Uh, do you kill them first? (laughs) Makes it significantly easier. And actually, Excel does give us some good advice about dealing with alligators. She does talk about how their jaws are powerful enough for closing and snapping, but they can't really open. So apparently that's the trick is, yeah, to, yeah, is to keep their mouths closed. Yeah, just get bit. And hope they don't death roll you. Yeah. So You roll them over after you do that, and then all the fluid drains out of their brain and it hits the skull and they go unconscious. That's not a thing. That's a thing. That's not that a thing. sounds legit. That's a thing. That's... So much knowledge. Very nice hat, sir. I grew up in the South. Is that... Yeah. Is there a spirit in that hat? There might be. It's the spirit of knowledge. Oh. <laughs> oh. It's the you true pe- meaning of Christmas. Bill, are you possessed by Bob? No. Okay, I, good. I, I don't get that joke. Dresden Files. Oh. Yeah. I, is that... Is that <clears throat> nerd shit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've gotten on you about reading that series before. I have the first book. So, anyways... As Excel is going on about skinning alligators, <laughs> their manager starts yelling at him about selling the cakes, and a young child comes up and is in this, awe I love this part. of Rudolph. Yes. Because Hyatt is dressed as Rudolph, and apparently her nose is red, as well as the rest of her body. Actually, I'm just going to just call it, it's Rudolph the Dead-Nosed Reindeer. That's a, yeah, it's, it's accurate, it's good, and is this the most brutal, gruesome, like, death we've seen with Hyatt? I feel like this one, you don't see, like, her face, but I feel like this is yeah. the most it's ridiculously horrific. horrific. Yeah, it's horrible. I think a reindeer costume at Christmas with the head soaked in blood. <laughs> 
pretty bad. Yeah, and Hyatt's taken away in an ambulance. We hear some banter from people wondering if <laughs> the uh, the corpse was hot or not, and yeah. that they should lift a leg. Yeah, we're gonna, see. we're just going to leave that there. Yeah, we're not even going to talk about wrong. that. So uh, they go to the hospital. Yes, well, the, she's the actually she's to the morgue. Yeah, she's dude. to the morgue, I guess. And the doctor and the nurse, uh, they're, they're going on about how there just wasn't anything they could... She was already dead when they got there. I mean, there, he didn't make the mistake, though. No. At which the nurse got pissed. No. And while they're going on about how there was nothing to do, Excel shows up and picks up Hyatt and she gets up. Like and she does, and they leave. And the doctor and nurse are horrified. They and by the way, lose their shit. These are recurring characters in the manga. Apparently they show up in the manga a lot and they're in scenes with Extreme dark humor. So I'm wondering, because I haven't read the manga, I am wondering, though, if this is a common scene from the manga where, like, she'll just die and end up in the morgue over and over again, and then she'll get up and, like, leave and they freak out every time. I don't know, but apparently they're used for really dark, creepy humor. So Excel is walking off with Hyatt, and she ex- she says probably my favorite quote in this entire mm-hmm. episode, if you keep punching holes in the definition of death, then they're going to dissect you for real one day. <laughs> it's so true. I'm waiting for that day. Right. I think Bill is too. So we come back to Perrin, who lets us know that she is on the hunt for two burglary and murder suspects that she's been after for the past 40 years. She does look like she's in her, like, early to mid-20s, doesn't and, she? And they note that in the anime. Yeah, that's explained. N- not to mention that the statute of limitations has already expired. Not a least... thing in murder. <laughs> that's what Sumiyoshi says, but then again, Sumiyoshi doesn't care about this whole thing, so he probably hasn't been paying attention to any Maybe training. Japan has a... Statue of limitation I'm, on I'm, murder? That I do not know. Uh, Josh, our researcher, what what do you know about statutes of limitations in Japan? I don't know, Andrew, the interim researcher. <laughs> Are there statute of limitations on murder well, in Japan? Well, I know that, but I can't take away all your thunder. So why don't you let us know? So she receives a tip that there are two burglars who have knocked over a post office and have taken... <gasps> A hostage. <gasps> I bet you can't guess who that is. We got to Excel, who's walking down the street, talking to Hyatt. When she realizes Hyatt's missing, the post office has been robbed, and that there is now a hostage. <laughs> My the... favorite part of the whole episode, Hyatt is in the back seat of the getaway car, her hands bound, and she's just, like, smiling and waving at Excel oh, as she goes by. Pleasantly... It's adorable. So here in the details of the robbery, Purin immediately believes that those are her suspects and that she's on the case. She's so wrong, though. These people are young. Yeah, and they asked about details, and Purin knocks off her hat and goes back to being cute and sweet and innocent and says, Purin didn't get that information! <laughs> As of 2010, the new law abolishes the statute of limitations for serious capital crimes, which was previously 25 years in Japan? In Japan. So that makes sense. This anime was two th- around 2000. Yeah. So, so now... There was a 25-year statute of but limitation. Now, oh, that's, in, that's an interesting... Thank you, Bill. Yeah. That's some good research, man. I know it was, right? Good job, man. Pulling this, your this weight. This research stuff isn't hard. No, it's easy, man. It's so easy. Shut up! It's a lot of work! Hey, what's the voice, actress, uh, voice actor's name for the doctor? Did you get that? So anyways, Excel decides that she needs to run hard and fast to catch up with Hyatt. She begins running so fast that we get a very, you know, spacescape. Yeah. She's running. Yeah. It's like slow motion, but yeah. maybe like how the you see the Flash running from his perspective. Or... And she sees a light. Or the 1980s manga, the sprinter, the, the concept of the light, which describes any kind of profound enlightenment and ecstasy from physical exertion. She bitch slaps the light... Says something about it. I, I can't. I couldn't remember what exactly the statement was. And keeps following the car as she realizes that it's moving ever so fast 
and getting away from her. So, Excel decides that she needs some help. She grabs a dog whistle! She goes to summon Menchi! Which is so weird. Because Menchi is shown to be frozen in terror. Watching a Puchu dance. dance. <laughs> and that can be terrifying. I do love this line from Excel when she then realizes, what is calling one dog gonna do? Good question, Excel. Really good question. There is one <laughs> other animal that she could use that would assist her. She pulls out a coin and calls out for a horse! And you know what that reference is? No. I Tell don't. me what the reference is, Andrew. Bill, you want to know what the reference is? Yes. So in the manga, apparently at one point, Excel does summon a horse. She finds a horse and she has this horse companion. So in this one moment of crisis, she summons the horse. And then the next panel... They show a restaurant scene where they're surfing up the horse for dinner. Yikes. Yeah. Excel decides to go for probably the most logical solution at this point. The Mm -hmm. one person that can assist. Fuck it, fairy to the rescue. Oh, wait. Nope. Pedro is drowning in flan. (laughs) It was flan. I didn't know if it was flan or just pudding in general. I'm not sure. It kind of looked like flan to me. I think later they actually say pudding. Do they say pudding? He does say, no, pudding. But as the culinary expert of the show... Yes, you are. Go for it. I would say that's Fawn. Okay. All right. It certainly looks like Fawn. Well, it's like... Maybe a wouldn't... reference to him being Hispanic? Oh, mm. you're probably right. And it would make sense that Fawn is usually set better than Pudding is. So, my other question is then, is Fawn the only way to capture a ghost? Yeah, of course. Who are you going to call? So, what the fuck is Melissa McCarthy? Fawn Cookers. So what the fuck are Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig doing then? They're not using any flan in that movie. Not in the trailer. Spoiler. Oh, fair enough, fair enough. They fight the Stay Puff Flan Man at the end. <laughs> that would be so great. Is that, is that how they depossess Chris Hemsworth? I hope they do, because he's dreamy. He is really dreamy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I would go for Liam Hemsworth first. Sorry, Chris. Aww. Aww. Leslie Joseph messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> Noise. And I would like it. Uh, so, so in the Pedro scene, there's a really good line where that man, is that man, right? It's that man. That man says, that's what happens to anyone that crosses me, even a god. I just love that line. It's great. Yeah, it seems like maybe he's got plans for the will. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Oh, dear. Excel is upset. She's not able to get to Hyatt. She just breaks down all emotional-like, and we cut to our break card. Break card, yeah. And actually, before we go to the break card, we actually hear... Excel asking <laughs> Nabashin if her heartbreaking sorrow was good. And we just kind of get a... Eh. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was, it was good. It was yeah, good. It was really good. It was really good. I felt it in my mm-hmm. heart. So we cut back from the break, and we see that Perrin, the neighbors of Matsui, are now following the mountain trail, heading towards, hopefully, where our robbers and Hyatt are. Hopefully. But they're not sure. They seem kind of lost when Matsuya points out that if they just follow the script, they'll eventually get there. Uh, breaking the fourth wall again. I like her fourth wall breaks because it's, one, it's very obvious and she's just like, yeah, well, script says we're going to do it, so... Might as well follow the script. Follow the script. Clearly they're not PCs. I mean, clearly not. Clearly not. They're riding so the rails. So, I'm re- I remember we had discussed earlier how I would have liked to have shipped uh, Excel with Deadpool. I now want to change that. I want to ship Deadpool with Matsuya. I think their fourth wall breaks would be magical. And I feel like Matsuya would just beat the shit out of him. He'd love every minute of it. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Match made in heaven? Makes more sense. Yeah? Makes more sense. That leaves Excel open for O.J. Simpson. Oh, no! Oh, God. All right. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> And she is blonde. 
Oh, God. Okay, guys. Okay. So, we cut to our two burglars and Hyatt. The younger asks his older brother, why did they take a hostage? Good question. Well, and the older brother begins to explain in an argument that is so one-sided I wouldn't know that what it's that's just like. screaming and I, shouting. I am the older brother. The about older brother. all their information that's correct, never allowing the younger brother to speak Sounds about or right. retort yeah, or allow. They don't to. Why couldn't I win an argument? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Both y'all are stupid. Only child's the way to go. Oh. Ow. Hi. Well. While they're arguing, and the older brother does explain that there's a certain aesthetic that needs to be made here, and that burglars have to take a hostage, it's just the way these things are, we start seeing Hyatt... Orgasming in the back? Flailing. Her leg is, like, twitching, like in episode one, where, like, the woman's getting, like, plowed in that bush. Right, but anyway, she finally Not in her bush, Bill. (laughs) The younger (laughs) brother... Well, the younger... <laughs> so while she's flailing around, flailing around, the younger brother does turn around to speak to Hyatt, and we see Hyatt is oddly blue te- textured, <laughs> textured. <laughs> it's, and she's dying, and she's dying. She's asking to roll down the window. The younger brother's freaking out. Finally, convinces the older brother. Yes, she can roll down the window. Before she does, she starts like convulsing violently. It's great. This is a really funny scene. It's a good scene. It's she a finally really rolls scene. down the window. She pokes her head out, and she returns to her pale, deathly pallor. Yes. So she's yeah, from dying to still kind of dying. Oh my! I completely forgot. These two burglars. Yeah. Their names. Uh-huh. Older brother, voiced by Andy McKevin, and younger brother, voiced by Chris Patton. Ah. Yes. The, the, the brother parents uh, weren't real clever with their naming, were they? No. No. Mr. and Mrs. Brother weren't real clever with their naming, were they? I no. 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 I thought maybe, like, their first names are Berg and Lars, because they used to have the t-shirts, uh, so they label them. Maybe it's, like, Berg and Lars. I don't know. So we cut to Excel. Hey! She's laying on the road and she's singing. And she's singing like she always does. And she's singing about her situation. Yeah, and it's so cute. Blue skies, fresh air. (laughs) It's a good song. It's a good tune. Uh, And she's just laying in the middle of a highway. And I'm sure Bill was excited, hoping that a... Mack truck. Mack truck. Like episode one, you know, she'd get like run over by a Mack truck. But we don't get that, alas. Instead we get... She sees... Weirdness. This she is sees weird. a blood stain, a trail of blood stains it's, that could only be from. Uh, that's only from Hyatt. It's kind of like in the Grimm's fairy tales, where like the breadcrumbs from yeah, trail, right. you know. Well, she's so excited, she begins to hover from her legs. All right, Andrew, I'm sure you've gotten some sort of research. Yeah, um, actually, that that strange scene where her pants like fluff up and there's air coming out of it is actually a reference to MS09 DOM uh, from Mobile Suit Gundam. Is a particular Gundam that does a uh, kind of a similar stylistic thing when they travel. Is that from the original Mobile Suit Gundam or is that from one of the other Gundam That's series? That's from Mobile Suit Gundam. Okay, I never watched that one. Ooh, we could ship Excel with Robert Wagner. What? That's an obscure murder joke. <laughs> that is an obscure murder joke. I don't get that one. But anyway, so Excel decides... One fan out there will get that and is probably laughing their ass off right now. Or mad. Or, or mad. So, hovering down the road, Excel follows the blood trail until it starts to evaporate. Yeah. At which a bird falls to its death right in front of her. That was weird. 
And oh, buddy! <laughs> and later in the episode, she'll actually confront Hyatt about it briefly and say, I have so many questions. I have mountains and valleys and, and birds and, uh, and blah, blah, blah of questions about the birds, but we don't have time for it now. And I, it never gets explained. No, but it, she does. Mitch, turn... you must be safe because Bitch can't be that hungry. That's true. Because she turns around, turns a corner and sees nothing but dead birds leading the, her into the direction that Hyatt if went. blood wasn't enough, follow the trail of dead birds. Follow the buzzards. <laughs> so we got to Purin, climbing the mountain. And she's Purin. Going on about catching catching the two burglars. You're putting purrs. At, <laughs> at which point the hat gets knocked off and they begin to ask her why she's doing this. Why is she so obsessed with this one case? Awada guesses that her father was on the case couldn't complete it because he died. Therefore, his spirit is possessing the hat, and whenever she puts it on, she becomes Super Purin, a badass detective who is obsessed with getting revenge and the case to close. And this is bad parenting 101 right here. Do We're, not possess your child. Yes, and the fact that she feels like she is indebted to her father for this and feels so bad, it's not her fault really? at all. It's, it's, it's just this guy is a douchebag. Sounds like a standard detective backstory to me. Yeah, pretty close, I guess. Yeah. We cut to after this story and how much that Pern wants to get this case closed. We see that... Ha, case closed! No, we are anime. not referencing case closed. That's a detective anime. That's the detective anime everyone knows. Yeah! I don't. Uh, oh. Everyone but Bill. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. You know Lupin the Third? Yes. Hey, there's one Bill knows. Point. Here, have five points! <laughs> Is this booze? No, it's five points! Is it redeemable for booze? No, but the 100-point patches. <laughs> Ask your wife. She might give you booze for these five points. Awesome. Yeah. But we do see that Awada and Watanabe are moved to tears. Watanabe! Mm-hmm. He's moved by this harrowing story. Matsuya's even a bit moved. I mean, she's not to tears, but, I mean, she's empathetic. And Sumiyoshi gives no shits. Yeah, he really does. He's He's just like, you guys are all simple-minded. Man, Tsukiyoshi's an asshole. Yeah. I think he got possessed by Bill's spirit. He must have. We cut back to the burglars, right? Uh, yes, we do. They're, I they realize... They realize my spirit animal. <laughs> he might be. He might be. We find out that the money that they've gotten is actually Monopoly money with actual cash sandwiched on top of them. And Nabashin's face I, on it. I have and questions. flipbook style, Nabashin's saluting to them. They only got about $200 American. Okay, first off, why would you ever do that? In case you get robbed. Didn't they rob a bank? Well, they were at the post <laughs> office. Yeah, they were at the post office. Who the fuck is shipping Monopoly money hidden inside regular money? Uh, Parker Brothers? How did you do that? And why is it U.S. Somebody money? Trying, somebody they tr- mentioned yen before. Actually, in the subtitle version, they do say yen. They don't mention uh, dollar bills at all. I think it's way in the dub to clarify just how much money they got, which was 250 bucks. Yeah, it's kind of like when Bean Boy dropped 400 million yen. And 500 million. 500 million yen, which is approximately about $4 million. But they said yen. Yes. And now they said U.S. Right, which when they did that, that's confusing. Like, I looked at that and I go, okay, that's a lot of money, but okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Yeah, you're right. And it's it's inconsistencies like that that cause ADV to tank. And it caused Bill to not get any sleep after he binge-watched all that stuff on Hulu. Right. Dude, seriously, we're going to have to have a talk later. Can we have a drink later? Do we only, have do we have to only, have the dramatic spotlight over us when we do it? Yeah, and and maybe curb the monologuing. Yeah, never. 
And this really kind of get a lot of smoke in here from that cigar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, I quit smoking a few months ago. Come on, man. <coughs> oh, you bastard. <laughs> give, me the, give me the cigar. Give me the cigar, Bill. Nicotine. No. Ow! Bad Josh. Have a choo-choo ice. <laughs> so after they realize that they've gotten duped with the money, older brother loses his shit. Yeah, to which the younger brother, and one of, again, one of my favorite quotes from this episode is, Please calm down! You can't commit violence against an unresisting girl! It's not cool, bro! And yes, uh, Hyatt is just very confused and just wants some information. She finally asks them if they were bad people. Mm-hmm. Older brother loses his shit more, gets so angry he... Steps over to her, knocks over her chair, and she falls dramatically. In a scene that is exactly like a climactic moment from a Hong Kong movie where they show a take over and over again, except the irony here is that it's so anticlimactic, right? That she just falls out of a chair. It's great. Yes, Andrew. Thank you for telling us these things that you got from a special feature on the DVD. Thank you, Josh. Fascinating. For... <laughs> Isn't it fascinating? It's really cool. Thank you, Josh, by the way, for giving us names of people from Wikipedia. I am DB, motherfucker. <laughs> oh, sorry. You I have to up. say, I mean, this, this information is really making the anime come alive for me. Is it really? Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. And then Younger Brother goes to help Hyatt up when he realizes she has died. Oh! <gasps> Shocking. For like the fourth time. Yes. Yeah, third time, I think. Close enough. Third time's close. He's freaking out because he realizes he's the younger brother of a murderer. Mm -hmm. And that he's going to visit his brother. He's just kind of going on about this. And the older brother is freaking the shit out because, well, she didn't fall very hard. It was just, it was all messed up. It was all messed up, man. (laughs) Not cool, bro. Not cool, bro. Not, Not cool. So we cut to Excel, who has finally gotten to the end of the bird trail. She has, and this is, again, another one of my favorite lines from the episode. Either Hotshot must be close by, or she ran out of birds. <laughs> what I love was uh, the preceding line, which is, the end of the tragedy. The end of the tragedy. <laughs> now, is that, is that a reference to the tragedy that was going on in the house in the last scene, or is that, like, the fact that she had to follow a trail of dead birds to get here? Trail of dead birds, uh, right? Yeah, I kind of figured. Trail of dead birds. But she also noticed notice a column of smoke. And we cut to Purin and the neighbors, and they see the column of smoke as well. Which lead them... Up to a burning house. <gasps> Did they really burn Hi- Hyatt Hachan in the fire? Excel thinks so, and she she stupidly runs in. But nobly. Yes, very say. nobly. She's gonna save she, Hyatt. She's pretty sure that Hyatt will not come back from this. Absolutely. And as she's running, <laughs> screaming for Hyatt, we see that Hyatt is actually right behind her, gazing in dumbfounded amazement that Excel is running into a burning building when she's been calling out to her. Mm-hmm. Immediately after, where Excel flies from the house. Oh my gosh, she comes out dressed in an outfit that looks rather reminiscent of a character from Takashi's Castle. Actually, Don't jo- even start! You know what? Some shit is just too weird to research, wait, wait. Andrew. I got this one. She's Khaleesi, right? Is this more nerd shit? Floppy wieners, floppy wieners, floppy wieners, floppy wieners. Well, after that scene, apparently we're not going to talk about No. Uh, they <laughs> get that scene where they're ready to go, and Excel says to Hyatt, 
want to just recklessly uh, hitchhike back down the mountain. And she says, sounds like fun. Yes. So we cut to the younger and older brother in their getaway vehicle. Mm -hmm. They're talking about how they've desecrated the body. They've murdered someone. They're they're in it now, and it's just terrible. And the older brother just starts losing his shit, telling him, but no, it's all right. Cremation is an acceptable form of burial in in this part of Japan. That's very dark. She's in heaven now. She's happy, and then they see her. Yeah, it, it's get, hiking. It's it's a great scene where she's just like, "Hi!" And, and they're freaking out. And they don't pay attention and pull a Thelma Louise. They do right off the cliff. Right off the cliff. And we cut away back to the neighbors. Well, they actually kind of land right next to the neighbors in Purin, and they see that they've gotten their guys because yeah. well, they have on their shirts Berg and Lur <laughs> and Matsuya's line of these are marked men, all right. Clever pun. Amazing pun. So Peruin does does the thing. She books him. Well, after Watanabe throws on the hat, so it's super Peruin. She books him, begins to read him their rights, and then realizes that it's not the two that she's been looking yeah, for. Yeah, because they're like years. in their 30s. <laughs> I would say they're in their 20s. They're around, probably around her age. Yeah, probably. Either way, they're not old enough to have murder 40 years That's ago. That's very true. So we finally cut to Kabapu monologuing again about the greatness of the job that he's done. How wonderful it is to get his new young warriors prepared for the task at hand. And now he's going to ask them how it was he busts in. How was working with the police? To which they say... It's the pits. And we cut to actually Kamapu losing his mustache. I love when he loses his mustache. And That's one of my favorite things. <laughs> and the end of the episode. The end card. Today's experiment, Big City Part 2. Failed. Shocker. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, episode twelve of Excel Saga: Big, Big City, City Part Two. All right. So thoughts, Andrew. Let's start with you. I well, had kind of some back and forth feelings about this. Mm-hmm. I really remember really liking this when I watched it for the first time again. I was kind of like, oh, this wasn't as good. But I watched it a couple more times, and I think I liked it more again. Not a top five episode for me, but somewhere in the middle. I really enjoy the things I really like about this episode is that we get a mix of everything that makes Excel Excel. We get interaction between Excel and Hyatt actually doing a mission, although the mission is just selling cakes, I guess. <laughs> like I, I thought they were at their, their part-time job, and yeah. it might have been part of their mission yeah three 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 yeah but we don't we didn't get the particulars the there were some things that felt kind of weird the christmas being in there didn't really have any use except for the really gruesome scene with the with the reindeer rudolph the dead nose reindeer yes rudolph the dead nose reindeer uh i really like bringing back the neighbors and giving them a, a integral plot and and seeing some of their back and forth banter <laughs> um it was just—it was a pretty good episode overall. I re- i really did enjoy it. Not a top five, but definitely an enjoyable episode. Right, Bill. A scathing review from Andrew. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. And it'll be the last full non-clip episode that we get of Jessica Calvello, which is going to be sad. Bill. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You're wearing the detective hat. Come on, come on, buddy. It was boring. Yeah, you didn't like this one. Mostly. Well, no, boring's not necessarily bad in Bill's book with Excel Saga. No, it, it, I don't know. I got nothing interesting to say about it, honestly. It wasn't, oh my god, I hate this. I want to just drink till I don't feel anymore. (laughs) It didn't have rare moments of interest. Okay. I think maybe a detective possessed by the hat, possessed by their dead father, maybe it's kind of an interesting character, but Mm -hmm. obviously it's a one shot thing that, 
is not going to get used again. Right, just um, like Space Butler, just like any of these other characters that have some good, like interesting characteristics about them. Right, right. I think maybe my marathon watching may have damaged me a little, but <laughs> don't, don't I don't have a lot of give a shit left about this episode. Well, for me, I enjoyed this episode. I think I'm with you, Andrew, that it's it's not a benchmark episode. It's not an episode that sticks out as anything too amazing. It's got the elements. They're not the best representations of these elements. Right. But you've got some good comedy. You've got some good character interaction. The one thing i got to say is I do enjoy an episode where it is the focus of Iwata, Watanabe, and Sumiyoshi, and Matsuya. I, I like it when we have a focus on them, mm-hmm. as opposed to a full-on focus to Excel. Now, Excel and Hyatt do get about 50% of the screen time as yeah. well, and that's fine. The character, the one-shot character, Perrin, is a... Um, God, I think I've had a problem with that name all day. Perrin. is a was a lot of fun. It's an interesting mm-hmm. concept. It definitely seems like a concept you would see in maybe one of our role-playing games as a character. I can see that. That could be a lot of fun. But in the end, is it anything to marvel at? No, it's not top five, but it's not bottom five. No, it's, definitely not bottom five. It, it's in the middle, and I'm all right with that. I'm yeah. all right. You know, sometimes you just need a good, mellow episode that's got a good light humor to it. Mm-hmm. Light, dark humor as well. There was a lot of black comedy There moments. was. There were some dark moments. Know, is it better to have an episode that you're just chomping at the bit, irritated with the weirdness and the insanity, or... To have an episode like this that you just don't give a shit about. That is an excellent question. It's a good question, but I don't feel that way. Uh, I I did care about uh, this. I, I I feel that way. Well, I, I get I get you feel that way, and that's that that's cool because it does seem like a bit of a trudging episode. About your question though, I don't know. I don't know what's better. I mean, increase ratings week was rough, but at least it was rough in that we can rant and feel some emotion, even if they're. What the fuck is happening? Why are you doing that? <laughs> I feel that's the same way with uh, Butt Out Youth as well, with all the weird random shit. You no, know, a okay, flying croissant. No, fair enough. I mean, that's... Again, there's a lot of weird, stupid shit. Right. And I think that, that it's also part of maybe their own commentary on the episodes that they do. Butt Out Youth was, was clear-cut commentary on those youth drama animes that are so weird you just don't know what the fuck's going on. Whereas a detective drama... They try to be more dramatic. Right. And maybe that's why we got more dark humor in there. That could there. be. That could be. So that was episode 12, folks, of Excel Saga Big City Part 2. Next week we've got a uh, we've got a clip episode. It's the typical anime clip episode. We're, we're halfway there, folks. We're at episode 13. Yeah. So we've got something real special. Should we tell we them We do. No, no, no. Let's make it a surprise. We've got All something right. very well thought out, ready to go oh, for yes. episode 13. It's, it's our gift to you. I think we're good, right? I think that's it. I think yeah. that's everything. So uh, once again, this is episode 12 of Tuning Japanese. I'm the kind of guy who reduces cavities and is cute and stylish. My name is Andrew. I'm the kid brother of a murderer. Oh, please don't bring up those repressed memories again. <laughs> I'm Josh. And I'm a snot nose. Hey, I didn't do any banner at the beginning. Don't worry, we'll 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 get you next time, I promise. Hey, have you guys ever had hot pot? Oh good lord. (sighs) Bye bye! Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. To find out more about the show, visit tuningjapanese.com. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tuning japanese on twitter at tuning japanese 
and Tumblr at tuningjapanese.tumblr.com. You can also send us any questions, suggestions, or feedback by emailing the show at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Be sure to also leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. Tuning Japanese is a part of the Questionable Endeavor Media Network. Visit questnnetwork.com for more information on our other podcasts in this network, including the Shadow Bay Podcast, Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Raw Attitude Podcast, and the Geek and Gamer Guild.